You're listening to the Shop Sounds Podcast, a woodworking podcast about nothing. Follow along as the bearded, flannelized, and flat-brim hat-wearing Jason Hibbs of Bourbon Moth Woodworking and Keith Johnson, the seltzer-guzzling, shop-cat-loving, lanky Scandinavian, better known as KJ Sawdust, discuss day-to-day life in their woodshops and the dumbest mistakes they make along the way. You can also find them on all the major social media platforms that you frequent. Bottom line, they're out there, baby, and they're loving every minute of it. All right, folks, let's start the insanity. Despite the fact that I've always thought New York City needed more slow-moving wicker vehicles, and Jason once made out with a girl at an office party like their plane was going down, mm-hmm. this podcast continues to be sponsored by our rickshaw-loving friends at Bits and Bits, who, by the way have never brought a book into the bathroom with them at Brentano's. <laughs> the government! Now, when Bits and Bits aren't turning their uncle in for stealing batteries, they are hard at work making bits for routers and the CNC right here in the US of A, where 85% of all homeless rickshaw businesses fail within the first three months. Potato salad! Now, after Bits and Bits makes them bits, <laughs> <laughs> they leather them up with their proprietary yam-yam coating, which has proven through extensive laboratory tests to give your bits higher speeds and feed rates and extend the life of them by up to three times. Bits and Bits are also constantly coming out with new bits and expanding their tool menu, so go check out their new tools page on bitsbits.com and hashtag GetBitBaby. Yeah, and don't baby. forget, they also take the Great American Whiteside router bits and astrocoat them so they can be fully optimized in your routers and other motor-driven things that go in circles at high rates of speed, unlike homeless, homeless pulled rickshaws. <laughs> Watch yourself. <laughs> and finally, Bits and Bits is also an authorized Festool dealer, and we have it on good authority. They have a healthy supply of Festool products and accessories from sanders, dominoes, detox ponchos, dust extractors, track saws, abrasives, mm. etc. And be sure to go check out all of Bits and Bits' offerings at bitsbits.com and use coupon code MORSELS15 to save 15% off your next order of router, inner CNC bits, because every time you use that coupon code, my morsels can continue to maintain their associate status. Oh boy. I'm old. I'm confused. <laughs> swarm, hey. swarm. <laughs> can I ask you a question? I wish you would. Are you looking for affordable, high-quality woodworking tools? I was just talking to Lola about that before we went on air. I mean, aren't we all? We're all looking for the same thing. Good tools at a good price. Well, you should check out Cat's Moses Tools. This is sounding just like a radio ad. Uh, KM (laughs) Tools is small business, proudly run by woodworkers, and their goal is getting you the most bang for your buck without skimping on quality which we all appreciate don't want to skimp unless you're skimpy dipping that's not a thing <laughs> uh and um if it's in their store their motto is it's in their shop meaning they won't put stuff in their store that they're not actually using in their shops or has been tested by other woodworkers just good quality stuff they believe in people over profits and that woodworking should be accessible to all that's why a portion of all their sales are donated to the cats moses woodworkers with disabilities fund to help get tools and resources in the hands of those who need it most they do some awesome stuff through the um, foundation they have all sorts of plans and gantry systems to help people that you know can't 
do things that other people can do to still be able to do woodworking, which is really cool. So you're definitely going to want to check out KM Tools at kmtools.com. Give it a look, order yourself some stuff, and a huge thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. Giddy up. Good, giddy up. And one, one other little ad before we go into our patrons. WorkbenchCon is right around the corner, people. Ooh. And if you haven't bought a ticket yet, supposedly they're running low. You can use the coupon code SHOPSOUNDS and save $50. And when you ticket. say running low, I just saw them post nay an hour ago that they have nine tickets left. What? Nine Uh-oh. tickets. So if you want one, do not delay. Get one today. Shop I guess we better edit this podcast pretty quick and get it out. I know. By the time this podcast comes out, it might be down to six. I don't know. Right. Mm. Um, on to other business. We've got some new patrons. Uh, yeah. Scott O'Malley, Justin Mayhorn. You may. Horn. Eh? Uh, Jay Morgan, Justin Radican. Rada. Yeah. Radican. Bailey Thompson, Matt. Highland. Me. That's better than Matt. Lowland. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew Manns. Right. Matthew Manns is uh, my good buddy over at Ceviche, who has hey. helped me out with uh, the products and everything in my White Oak Vanity build. So oh, thank you, Matthew. Nice. Yeah, Matt, you can email me uh, the discount codes. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Joe Lar. Got some interesting okay. last names. Is that how you say that? Lahar. I guess. Lahar. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. Okay. Uh, Brett Cope. Coop. One of those two. Coop. Coop. At Cascade Create, we got Malcolm at Bossa Nova Woodworks. I feel like Malcolm's been a patron before. No, Malcolm is a patron over at AWP, which they. They often throw out the Malcolm in the Middle joke towards him. Oh, that's what it was. Um, It's when I was on their podcast. That's why I remember that. All right. Well, thanks for switching over. Thanks for the support. Thanks for coming to (laughs) a better podcast. Exactly. Thanks for dropping your pledge over there and donating it to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Me and Keith's long-term plan is to infiltrate that podcast as much as possible. We've both been on there. Keith is guest hosted now. I'm going to try and get in on a guest host. But every time, it's just we're trying to advertise people to move over to ours. So. It's the real plan. Uh, and then we got Jared Englert. Sal, the carpenter. Donato. I like that. That's, I like... that's Sal from my, he's right local to me, my buddy Sal. He's right here in New Jersey. Who don't you Solid know? Solid fella. I know. Well, I don't know Casey Craftsman, our next po- patron, but I know him now. So wait, his name's Sal Donato, and he's yep. from Jersey, and his yep. nickname is The Carpenter. He sounds more like a mobster. That's it might be. I, I mean, I've been to his shop. It's kind of small, so I don't know how he really gets any woodworking done. But it, that's you could definitely it's, a front. it's not real. You you could definitely make some cement shoes in there. Mm-hmm. There's room for that. You got a problem? You need a fix? Yeah. Call Sal, the <laughs> cop in there. Uh, and then we got Casey Craftsman, Alex Porto, TSG Porto. makes. Is that his first name? TSG. I I, that just might be his handle, or oh. maybe that's his initials. I got some handles. I've been drinking too much beer. <laughs> uh, we got Gavin Cameron at the underscore loft underscore workshop, and Zach Wilson. Oh, and was then, he the quarterback for the Jets? Maybe, or was was anyway. 
Uh, and then we've got some new top tiers. We've got, you might recognize this name, Oliver Brealy. That's Brealy his name. <laughs> Maybe it's Brayley. Uh, he was a patron, and he went from $10 patron up to a top tier. So welcome to the top tiers. You can now ask us your questions and watch the after show. Then we got Paul Diabartolo. And uh, he says, hey, thanks for the shout out and love the show. I am at Dusty Dog Woodworks 86 on Instagram. If you can shout that out with my name, that would be awesome. So once again, that's Dusty Dog Woodworks 86. One through 85 were taken. Yeah. Um, and that's it. And then, of course, we got a bunch of returning top-tier patrons. We'll shout them out towards the end of the podcast. And if you're wondering what's with this whole patron oh. thing and you uh, want to sign up, basically you get access to the After Show, which is another podcast that's only for our patrons right after this one. And you can ask us questions on there, and we'll answer them. Right? I believe that is format. Do you have an issue over yes. there? Yes. You okay? Well, I, well, when you just said I will be... Shouting out our other top tiers at the end of the show, I realized that I didn't put them oh, in that no, list there. Oh, no, it's fine. So. I have a way of doing it. They'll do it the same way I did last time, where I'll just move over to Patreon, and I'll just read right from there. Oh, you're the man. That's how I do it over there. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I think that's all the business stuff, right? It is. Yes. Okay. Now we're ready to Rock really get down to business. Well, what's new? Well, I, and normally I wouldn't complain. Oh, yeah, right. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I am in a world of walnut right now. When have uh, you, since you got really into woodworking, when have you not been in a world of walnut? <laughs> well, I've never been in building two walnut projects at the same time in my little shop. Um, these two walnut desks, which are they're not identical, but they're they're brother and sister at least. They're they are close family. So I haven't been following along too closely, but I saw when you gave a shout out this morning for the TV show. Thank you for that, by the way. So and by the way, I didn't I even, I didn't didn't even, even say ask what the you. name of the show was. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's Hib shows you how. Let's talk about that first. Well, Jason's... wait. I want to ask my okay. question first, so I don't right, forget it. Because you were shouting out the show, and I saw in the background, I assume is going to be a leg of one of these desks. Haven't you done this leg before? Yes. It's yeah, like the that's... oval leg, right? Yeah, which you would think, oh, that's easy. Then you just, but, so each desk has a round leg and that oval leg. But on one desk, the oval leg needs an access door to get to the electrical because the, there's a oh. plug in the floor. On the other desk... The round leg needs the access door. So I glued up the one leg that's oval that doesn't need access, which, by the way, I had to go back and watch my old video to see kind of how I glued that up. <laughs> I have to do that all the time. Uh, <laughs> it is a lot of walnut for that leg. So then on the other one, and I glued up two-thirds of it, and for the, you know, the other third that needs the access panel, I was just hemming and hawing, as, you know, as I usually do, on how I really want to create this. Do I want to glue up the leg and shape it and then cut out the access panel? But the problem is then, like, the width of a saw blade is going to be too wide. And mm -hmm. So finally today, I took the one piece that's going on one side, and I ripped it into, I ripped it into three strips, 
kind of like if you were doing a integrated drawer front in an end table or a nightstand where you want the drawer front to look like it's from the same piece all the way across. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you take that one piece, you rip it into three strips, and your outer strips move out, and then your inner strip gets cut into thirds, one for your drawer front and the other two pieces are your ends. You pull out the drawer front and you glue those other pieces back together. And then you have, because they're long grain glue joints, they're perfect, and you don't even notice that you would cut them. Yeah. And then that drawer front would fit perfectly in there, and you can make it just a hair smaller, so there's a little reveal around. So that's what I did on this. Um, that was towards the end of the day, so that part's glued up. Um, but the other... So the round leg, I actually watched one of your videos on this one because my plan on this round leg is they are using soundproofing wall panels that have Ew. a, it's, it's not a waffle pattern. It's basically like a little chamfer with a top. Yeah, it's not like that at all. Well, I was pointing um, at the wall panels behind me for those of you that aren't patrons and can't watch the video. It's basically like a rib with um, it's like a xylophone. Yeah, I know, I know what you're know what? talking about. They're like the with chamfered edges and a flat top. Yeah. Um, almost like if you were to look at a at a uh, caramello candy bar from the side. Yeah. You ever eaten one of those? Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're. Okay. Are they black? They're purple. Oh, purple. Okay. So what I because I guess their logo is purple. So anyway, what I wanted to do was take that design and integrate it into the leg. So I'm going to wrap the whole leg in strips like chamfered strips all the way around, kind of like a tambour. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'll glue these to some fabric and wrap it around. I did all the math on this damn thing, and each round leg needs 48 strips. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. When you cut these, it's not only chamfered on the edges down, but then it also has a squared off kind of, what do you call that, a, a shoulder or a... Yeah, yeah. So what happens when you like glue those all... Like a traffic cone. Yeah. Like the base of yeah. a traffic cone, how it's got that like flat part that comes out. Yes. Yeah. So the problem is when you glue all those together and then you wrap it around, that little joint opens up uh -huh. a little bit. So, which, again, is probably not a big deal. Most people would even notice it's going to be under a desk and wouldn't even think anything of it. But to me, I was like, how can I get that to just so those, like, butt together perfectly? So I'm like, you know, if I put a bevel on them, which matches, so it's, if it's 48 strips around, I forget, I calculated the circumference, and it came out to each one needed to be back beveled to four and a half degrees or whatever. So I did a couple sample pieces. I glued them onto some fabric. And I also glued some pieces that were just square and butted to each other. Mm. So what happens when you fold the ones that are actually back beveled, it opens up a bigger gap. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be worse. Yeah, it was <laughs> way worse. So, and then it's like, I can't glue each strip individually. I'm not going to pepper this you, thing with brad nails. What if you were to, hear me out. Yeah, I will chamfer one side and then the other side but in opposite directions you get what i'm saying so that they kind of like when you glue them up it's almost like if you cut a board at a 45 degree angle and then put it back together 
Okay. But each piece oh. was like that, so they kind of like tucked on top of each other a little bit. So each one's like a scarf joint, like yeah, to yeah, each yeah, other, just like all underneath, all the way around. So each one has, you know, whatever angle on either side, so that once you glue them up, they're actually already tucked in under each other a little bit, so that when you fold it around, it does open up, but you just see more wood underneath there. I don't know if that way. I think I think I follow you, but we may have to discuss this further. Because my other thought was to just bevel the sides at 45, but not have that little squared shoulder. But the problem with that is then you, I mean, you know, once you glue that fabric down with the glue and you start to like make it turn, uh -huh. like things start popping and cracking. Yeah, to better a explain bit. what I'm talking about, like imagine a piece of baseboard that you're doing on a wall. And on one end, you have the baseboard cut at a 45 to go into a corner. Okay. And on the other end, you have it cut at a 45 to wrap around a corner. You know what I'm saying? Okay, hang on. To wrap, I got it. Okay. So you have 45s at both ends, but they're cut on the same axis so that when you put those pieces together. So, but it's like a, yeah, like this, like a scarf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And then. Like this piece would I be I love the almost... visual drawings for a podcast. Like that, I know. <laughs> So, like, one tucks under the other, almost. Well, yeah, I'm just wondering, because then, yeah, it would open up, but that little bit of tuck under, I don't know. I don't know if that would work or not. It might not work. I don't it know It might either. make things worse. That's why when I did my tambour, because I thought it was going to do the same thing, I got the tambour bit from Rockler, right. and it's for that reason, because it basically does, like, a half round on one piece, that's the female part and then the half round on the other piece that's the male part so they nest into each other so that it can bend and it doesn't expose the canvas underneath or whatever what's the thinnest that bit set will work on of material oh that's a great question probably like half inch oh okay yeah because once you bevel those edges down like that's only an eighth of an inch like on each side yeah yeah up but I wonder if you could I did, mimic that with something else. Like, I don't know. Well, here's the thing, too. Is I, I hit, and so have you, I hit this in every project, as you know, where I, I hit a stumbling block and I spend a day just futzing around thinking and thinking and overthinking it. And with this one, I was like, am I just overthinking this? Is it just butting them and it opens up a little, like a, it's barely a gap. It's just a shadow line because it's going to be black canvas mm -hmm. with walnut. Like, you're really not going to notice. This lady isn't going to notice. So I took it down to my buddy Tim at True Trade Carpenter. I'm like, what do you think? Do you have the same concerns? He's like, I see what you're saying. But aside from really doing each individual piece with a back bevel, which is going to take forever, and there's just no budget for that. I just don't mm -hmm. have this. And you so still have to, like, this. pepper it with you nails. Watched one of my videos, did you watch the Tanbor nightstand videos? Is that what you watched? No, I watched the pedestal table you well, did. yeah, because with that, I did exactly what you're talking about. I just glued them on you the canvas and wrapped them around, and it really wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think it's going to be either. thick pieces, too. Those were probably closer to like three quarters of an inch, so it was even a little more exaggerated, but I think it was fine. So these are an inch and a quarter wide and only a half inch thick. Uh-huh. So they're pretty thin. Uh, I mean, I could make them thicker, 
but that wouldn't change anything. Could you make them less wide instead of an inch and a quarter? Then it's more. Then it's just more strips to. Well, it's no, it's more strips, a... but it would flex more, so the gaps would be smaller. Oh, 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 okay. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because with the the wider the pieces, the bigger the gaps you're gonna have, because it has the... to bend more and open up more around each one. Because you're basically going from like. For an extreme example, from like an octagon with eight sides, you have these big long pieces, so it can't complete a circle. To if you changed it from an eight-sided structure to a thirty-sided structure, it starts to look a lot more like a circle. It can wrap around that shape a lot easier. Dude, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I am. It would just yeah, it's a lot more pieces. Well, here's the other problem. Okay, hit me with it. It's not really a problem, but it kind of is. So you definitely had to do some math with this. Finding the circumference of, or taking how many pieces I had. So I had one in, like I said, they're an inch and a quarter wide. And the rough diameter of this base leg needs to be 16 inches. Mm -hmm. So I did the math of how many pieces it would take to get me roughly 16 inches. And then I had the template cut to that diameter. Mm -hmm. So if I end up changing everything, my template is wrong and all my, like... stacked rings are the wrong well here's the other thing that i did when i did the pedestal one which i know this is a sore subject and i don't know if you want to get into this but enter the (laughs) shape or origin because i i cut out those circles with the shaper and i specifically i was worried about the math and getting it just right but i was like i can go a little bit bigger or smaller on this pedestal it's not going to matter if i go in right you know quarter of an inch one way or the other so I cut out the circles and I left the tape on there so that if it didn't fit, it was as simple as just dropping my shaper back on there and carving off a, you know, a hair testing the fit. Right. Now, I nailed it the first time because I'm such an amazing woodworker. So I didn't have yeah, to do that. Yeah, I mean, that, you're but... a math No, I see exactly. And you're right. I, I, uh, I should back up. I haven't cut all my circles. I have a template. And I roughed out all my circles because you only did a top and a bottom and then you did vertical members, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do like a top and a bottom and three rings in the middle and vertical members mm-hmm. just so I want a little more glue surface and a little heavier duty on this leg. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said duty. Duty. So, but there is a concern that even you do all the math, it doesn't matter. Like once you, once I get it all laid out and I wrap that thing around, if it doesn't fit, then I just glued up two legs and they're the wrong diameter. Yeah. So it's either you have to add a piece or if it's only like a half a piece, then it's, I'm like, well, if it's just a hair over, I can just plane down one edge. But if it's like a half inch difference, then kind of, I mean, I could make it work. Well, that's why I wouldn't, glue i wouldn't hook your pedestal together in your stack until you have until your piece the tambor is done because then you can wrap the tambor around your one circle mm-hmm. and if it's the circle's too big just pull out a rabbiting bit and make it just a hair smaller and keep doing that until you get it just right and then do all the rest to match you're exactly right yep so Problem solved. There you go. Because, yeah, that that was my biggest concern when I did that pedestal table was I know the math math says yes. (laughs) Yes, but the wood (laughs) says no. But the wood's going to say no. 
because <laughs> uh, you can do the math all you want, but like the canvas stretches a little bit and moves and glue and everything. You cut a few pieces and they're just a hair, like, a, you know, out or in. Who knows by the time you get it all glued up if it's actually going to wrap around that circle. So I would do it in a way that you can adjust that after the fact if you need to. You're right. Yep. The other thing is like cut your circle, try and nail it with your math. If you have to go down, use a rabbiting bit. If you have to go up, wrap some edge Green banding tape. or something around the outside, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll just have a new template made. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. No, I'm glad we had this talk. You're right. Mm-hmm. So, because it would be super obvious if you had a bunch of pieces that were an inch and a quarter, and then you had to have one that was a half inch. I mean, that would look <laughs> stupid. Yeah. But wait, didn't you say yeah. there's going to be a door in that leg, or no? Yeah, that in that one too. Yeah. Oh well, that's where you might be able to get. Yeah, away but the with door it. doesn't go top to bottom. It's only like, oh, you know, okay. like sixteen inches tall, and the leg is like twenty-eight inches tall. But you know, it's that's like where a, you might want a bigger gap in between your slats because that's going to hide that door like crazy. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Because you're going to have to have some sort of reveal for your door. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one, too. Mm. How are you going to get that to keep its profile, the door? I, it's going to be uh, glued to... Oh, oh God. <laughs> Sugar. Uh, I was actually going to make either some curved ribs for the back of it or do a little bent lamination. So the original plan for this leg, these round legs, okay, was Robert's Plywood out of Long Island near me. They sell round plywood laminated tubes mm -hmm. in pretty much any diameter, twelve, all in increments of two. So 12, 14, 16, 18, whatever. And you can get them in 27 and a half inches long or up to eight feet. And unfortunately, 27 and a half was too short. So I'm like, all right, I'll get an eight footer because I need two. So to get an eight footer, it's like 700 and something dollars. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I were to like build a bending form and laminate this thing all the way around to get a perfect circle, it would take forever. And it may not even be yeah, perfect. So I'm like, totally worth it. So I ordered it. And the guy shows up. He's like, oh, I'm down here. I couldn't find my house or whatever. So I met him down the street. No big deal. He's like, yeah, it's just a tube anyway. I'm like, yeah, all right. So I pull up, and <laughs> he has the 27-inch long one. Oh. I was like, oh, man. that Number one, like, where I live to where Robert's Plywood on Long Island is, it's got to be two hours. Yeah. I mean, he was out sort of in the area anyway, but I said, sorry, man, I, I got to refuse this. And he's like, you're right. It says right here on the paperwork it should be 96 inches. So at that point, that was a Monday, and I'd been thinking over the weekend. I was like, does this really make good content, just buying a plywood tube and slapping things on it? Like, I really should make my own leg. So that was kind of the catalyst to just call and say, you know what? Cancel this. I'll make my own. And dude, Wednesday, he calls me again. He goes like, hey, I'm here. I got your eight-footer. I'm like, I, I canceled the order oh already. Gosh. He's like, oh, no. So he didn't know. He's just a driver. but So... The original plan was the access door was going to be easy because it was yeah, it already pre-bent. Yeah. How, what's but the diameter I, of the tube? Like the leg? Six. It was 16 inches. Oh, okay. But the problem is I've read it wrong on the website. I thought they were five-eighths five of an inch thick plywood, um, but it was only five-sixteenths. So it was really uh, thin. And yeah. I would have made, you know, circle discs to put throughout it just to kind of, 
uh, make it stronger. Yeah, but, but like, you do eh. wonder, like, if you cut out that door, is it going to want to loosen up? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I, th- I didn't know if it was just going to open up a little. So yeah, That's tricky. We have in our house, like, the staircase that goes up to the bedrooms, the front of the staircase is, like, rounded and shiplapped. Yep. And the original owners put a door on that rounded part that goes under the stairs. So the door is actually round. It's like quarter round. Um, and the way they did it was they cut out that shape with plywood. So the door is thick. It's like three inches thick because there's plywood that's cut in that shape. And then on the inside, I think they had problems with it staying that shape, even with the plywood like that, because they put a cross of cable with turnbuckles to like keep it tight in that oh, bent position. So, yeah, you get spring back yeah, sometimes. I mean, it just wants to, wood doesn't want to stay in that curved direction. So, yeah, not unless you do, yeah, like, you know, bent laminations will tend to, but if they, who knows how they made it, if they put all the grain in the same direction. Yeah. Then, because what I was gonna I say, know. it would be a little more uh, white trash way to do it. But I was gonna say, could you get a tube of PVC? <laughs> <laughs> I went to this lumber yard because I was going to get some bendy plywood or wiggle board, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, and I was gonna make my round frame and then wrap it in the wiggle board, but. I couldn't, I have a couple pieces of quarter inch, but they're small, but I couldn't, everyone only has three eighths of an inch and it will not make that radius. It will not make that turn. So the guy at the lumberyard was like, you know, if you buy a 16 foot uh, column that it's tapered, but it's only tapered on the bottom third. So the two thirds of it is straight and we could cut that. And like, how much is that? Number one, he goes, or... I know a guy, a turner up the street who could basically cooper you a round thing and then throw it on his lathe and <laughs> make a big oh round flesh. I'm like, I'm not outsourcing anything well, on this. A turner making it, unless he's really flipping good, is not going to be up to KJ's um, precision quality probably. I mean, can you even imagine he would have to, yeah, he would have to like like a whiskey barrel, like Cooper that thing segmented all the way around. I've seen them do it. That's how they do bowls for them, you know, segmented bowls and stuff. Yeah, I mean, a 16 inches by 28 inch long, like big column. I mean, yeah, you could absolutely be done. I mean, that's how uh, I'm not paying someone to do that. Jackman did his giant uh, nutcracker. Oh, yeah, I should have asked Jackman. We could have done a collab. Yeah, collab. (laughs) Do this out of pallet wood. (laughs) Yeah. So that's my. And I still have not resawn all the strips for that tambor. So I realized, so one desktop is was a live edge slab that, by the way, looks like a giant penis with a goiter off the top of it. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something. The other uh, was two slabs that I bought from, so the first one I got from Willer Brothers, second one from my buddy Travis at Middle Valley Lumber. I bought two slabs rip live edge off one and then glued them together to create one big desktop. And I also bought a bunch of other slabs from him and we cut them down to be, and so I could make dimensional lumber out of them. And I still don't think I'm going to have enough material. It's, it's just mind boggling to me how much material 
that these legs are going to take. Yeah. You wouldn't think so. I got a build coming up. It's so it's a church that's local to me and they wanted me to originally they wanted me to make and it's funny I normally don't do client work. I don't know why I said yes to this. I'm a sucker cuz Jesus. It's a church. Um, <laughs> Don't they have a good carpenter in their church? Wasn't Jean? Originally, they wanted an 18-foot-long table by 36 inches. So not even that wide, but 18 feet long. And I was like, you don't want an 18-foot-long table. Is this for the Last Supper? They re- reenacting no, they have this Last big, Supper? Like, they have this big like meeting area where they have like potlucks and stuff. I don't know. Um, okay. But I was like, you don't want an 18-foot-long table. And I explained to them, let's do two identical nine-foot tables. You can stick them end to end. They'll be 18 feet long. And if you want to separate them, you know, boys and girls, whatever, Protestants and Catholics, you got <laughs> you got your uh, two tables. So anyways, they liked that idea. But I ordered, they wanted all out of white oak. I ordered 110 board feet of six-quarter white oak. In my mind, I was like, that should be plenty. And I got it delivered, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, there's no way. That's not enough wood. <laughs> you got how much? 110 board feet? 110 board feet. And how much was that? I'm curious, because I just I just bought 100 board feet of eight-quarter riffs on. $1,600. Okay. Uh, so 100 board feet of eight-quarter riffs on, I spent 1800 Okay, but that's riffs on. Yeah. And this is just what? It's flat? Yeah, just flat sawn, uh, six-quarter. So you got ripped off. Probably. That's but all right. I'm in it's, Oregon. It's, it's, That's uh, where all the white oak's coming from, so it's more expensive here. Yeah, it's naturally. Yeah, of course. <laughs> when you said, rather than do an 18-foot table, we'll do two 9-footers, I was reminded of that Office episode where, like, that's not an 8-foot sub. We don't have an 8-foot sub. This is eight 1-foot subs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You can walk in there with 18 1-foot mm. tables. <laughs> well, and it's funny because they're like, well... If you do two nine-foot tables, is there a way that they could, like, clip together? And I was like, listen, it's a nine-foot solid wood table. <laughs> oh, my god! You gosh. don't need it to clip together. It's not no. going anywhere once you stick Gravity. it next to the other one. It's <laughs> going to be fine. They're going to put a stupid tablecloth over it anyway, probably. Yeah, tablecloth, plastic plates, something. I don't know. Yeah. Or, yeah, plastic tablecloth. But, anyways, I told them I would do it. I'm going to make a video out of it. Um. I'm just what are you not... doing for the legs? Just like fold up, uh, fold some legs. <laughs> I'm, I'm buying some metal <laughs> folding legs. Yeah. No, um, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. That's the other thing. They're like, we don't really care. You're like, you have fun. Do whatever you want, which is awesome. Sawhorses. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. I don't know yet. I'll, I'll figure it out. Something simple. Obviously, it's got to be sturdy. It's got to span nine feet. Yeah. <clears throat> and the top, I mean, getting a nine-foot top planed and jointed and everything perfectly flat. The base has got to be substantial to pull a little wonk out of that top if there is any, so. Yeah. Yeah, the white oak I bought is for my next commission, which is an odd, odd banquette table that it's going to be like 75 by 64. Basically a square. And... You know, my buddy at True Trade, their CNC is 10 by 5. So once this is all glued up, that's it. Like they can't even surface it there. So I'm going to have to like glue it up and I'll have them surface one section or another and I'll glue up two big pieces. But then after that, I have no idea how I'm even going to move it. Why do they want it so wide? 
So this banquette that they had built in, they did some renovation at the house and there was just this big corner and they just had them build a banquette in there and it is just so oversized and it's just not a normal size. So I'm like, they want a table to fit in there. Well, make sure that you can fit it in the building first because I've had... Well, the top is going to come off the base, so... I've had those problems before. But, yeah, it's almost like it should be (laughs) done in two pieces and then, like, window sash together from underneath, like, locked together in two pieces (laughs) with dominoes. But, yeah, that's going to be a fun one. I'm not sure how I'm going to... I would love to to see you glue up a 45-inch wide top in your shop. For, no, 75 by 65. Oh, 65. I thought you said 75 <laughs> by 45. Holy cow, no. dude, you're not getting that thing done. It's not, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to do that. Yeah, it's your friend's place. It, yep. Yeah. Wow. And that, because I'm going to have to, you know, throw them a few bucks because they're going to have to have to help me move, the, move it around. Well, and you're going to have to glue it up in like two or three two, pieces. Yeah. But again, if I do it up into two big halves, then we can surface them on the CNC, no big deal, and then glue up two big ones together. But then, yeah, after that, anytime it needs to be moved, I can't do it myself. I Did can't get, get my arm, you know, I won't be able to get my arms around. You're going to be like on top of that thing when you're sanding it, like kneeling, like, like you're, you're going to have to hire a company that resurfaces hardwood floors to come in and just sand <laughs> it for you. get a big you. floor sander. <laughs> <laughs> just walk across. That's uh, not a bad idea. You know, it's funny because my uncle knows the owner of Gemini. I don't know if he grew up with her. Maybe they were, she's related. You know, the Gemini sanders that are like those 14 or 15 inch diameter sanders. He's like, yeah, I might be able to get you. I'm like, I would never need that. But now you're you're making me realize that I just might. Well, the other floor floor sanders, it's like eight disc sanders, you know, attached to the bottom of those, like the American sanders. Have you seen those? No. It's just like eight six-inch sander heads on the bottom of this thing, and it spins around in random orbits as it goes. Just get one oh. of those. Yeah. Oh, all right. They're pretty sweet. It's not like a belt sander. It's just a bunch of individual discs on the bottom of the thing, like a suction cup. Yeah, that is wild. <laughs> or I need to find somebody with a 10 by 7 foot CNC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. A 7-foot belt sander. I'm I'm curious what this thing is going to weigh. That's the other thing. I mean, how many guys is it going to take to move that? What's the thickness of the top going to be? It's eight. She wants it two inches. She wants it thick. Holy shit. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> Dude. Okay, so we are so close to having this addition that we've been working on done. Yeah. And today I was up there because I built all the cabinets for this little wet bar. And above the wet bar, I did two uh, floating shelves. And I made them. They're 103 inches long and it's solid oak. So I planed down eight quarter to an inch and a half because you can't get six quarter and expect it to turn out to be an inch and a half, which sucks. So I wasted some material. But just wrestling a single inch and a half thick piece of solid oak shelf up onto the floating shelf brackets by myself. That stuff is so heavy. That's one board. Oh, God. That's one board. And that's an inch and a half. You're talking two inches thick. That's, (laughs) dude, it's going to weigh like 600 pounds. You might be right. 
Oh, well, I didn't charge enough, actually. No, I mean, I priced this one out good, but wow. yeah, I, and I, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, you might have to, I'm just saying, you want some help. I'll come out yeah. and help you. Say the word. That this might be the one. That would be a fun. <laughs> that would might be, be a, the one. That would be a fun one. That I mean, it not fun. It sounds miserable, but I'd gladly go in the trenches <laughs> with you. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about that later because um, that does sound like fun. When is that on your schedule? So after these two deaths, so it's going to be you know probably first of April ish. Dude, you know what you do. Right now, over on my Patreon, we're running a contest where you can enter and win the chance for me to come out to your shop. Why don't you become right. a patron and enter the contest? And you know, maybe. But you're only giving a thousand dollars towards materials. That doesn't even cover half. Well, I know, but it also includes me and Craig coming out to help. Oh, you know what? That would be fun. You guys come out here. That would be worth it. I think people uh, would be a little suspicious if you won. Yeah, probably. <laughs> What I had no. This is so random, yeah. bizarre. So yeah. So when are you getting? All right. So I saw the the reel of you guys uh, airlifting the couch into the addition. You, you know what we out. didn't show in that reel? <laughs> uh oh! Did it fall off the first time? I broke the window. <gasps> How? Taking the glass out. So it's completely my fault. My friend Jared works for a local window company. He was super nice, didn't charge me anything. He came over, I ordered pizza. His kids are my son's age. They played around and he's like, I'll help you take the window out. And all we did was take the glass out. Apparently, it's really easy to take glass out of a window. It's not that just hard. Take the, yeah. Because um, it's really just held in there with silicone I mean, gaskets right those plastic gaskets well, yeah, all the plastic around? gaskets and then it's glued in with silicone so the oh, way okay. you get it out is you take a multi-tool from the inside and you basically cut out the silicone where the glass meets the inside frame and i didn't realize windows are made that if water gets in there it like it's okay because it just drains out the bottom because it's all oh. like there's like this trough and everything anyways so he instructed me. I was outside on the scissor lift with the suction cups, you know, <laughs> and uh, he was going to go inside, and we took the little gaskets off, the plastic gaskets. So it was just held on there with silicone. So I was holding the suction cups. He was going to go inside and cut the silicone, and I was supposed to apply light pressure outwards as he was cutting the silicone. And he's cutting it around. I'm applying, in my mind, light pressure, and he gets to the bottom corner and I thought he said pull, but he didn't. He said something completely different. Anyways, I pulled. I thought it was done. I thought we were like all – and anyways, I cracked the bottom corner of the glass. Oh. So we had to buy a new thing of glass. It's on order. But Is that tempered glass? No. If it was tempered, oh, it wouldn't okay, have good. Broke. I was going to say, well, it would have broken into a bazillion pieces. Well, yeah, but I don't think it would have broke if it was tempered. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. But yeah, I just pulled a little too much and it was still affixed at the bottom corner. So it just tweaked it, you know, beyond what it wanted to tweak and it cracked. So to get oh, this couch, own. to get this couch into the upstairs, just to get it in there, it cost us now with the replacement of the window over a thousand dollars. That's with the rental of the uh, scissor with lift. The rental and all of that. the scissor lift, because you could. 
Um, the you can't. It's way cheaper to rent a scissor lift for like a month. To rent a scissor lift for a day, it's crazy expensive. It's like seven hundred bucks. Stupid. Wow. You could buy a plywood tube for that. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> and I I don't know if it costs so much because it fell on a weekend, so we technically had it over the weekend too. Anyways. It's like $700 for the scissor lift, and then we had to buy a new glass for the window, which is like $350. Bucks. But it was still cheaper than like getting rid of the couch. I mean, the couch is custom and expensive. So, and then while we had the say, window out, I was like, well, we might as well bring up as much as we can through the window <laughs> yeah. instead of coming up the stairs. So we hauled the 10-foot coffee table through the window which was not fun because there's no easy way to hold on to that thing. Um, we hauled the TV through the window because I got an 85-inch TV to put up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, a seven-footer. Um, nice. So, yeah, but it's coming along now. T- today I got the shelves up. I got the couch unboxed and put in place and the coffee table. I hung the TV on the wall. It's starting to feel very homey up there. It's nice. How funny would have been if you unboxed the couch and it was the wrong color? They didn't. You ordered something well, different. You know, it's funny because before we put the glass back in, I had my wife because I didn't remember what couch we ordered. I didn't even know what color yeah. we got. I had my wife come up and look at it, and I said, "Now is the time." <laughs> I said, "We're gonna have to take this glass out again, anyways, because we broke the window. So if this couch is wrong in any way, shape, or form, tell me, because once we put this glass back in, this couch is staying up here forever." When that couch comes out, it's getting cut into pieces. And hey, it's going to be a sectional. Yeah. How do they even deliver that? Like off the truck? How do they unload a 10-foot-long couch? I mean, they just... They just open the door and take off really fast and it just slides off the back? No, it's funny. They just backed in and then they kind of slid it out onto some piano dollies and wheeled it into my shop. And then I noticed the next day that they left one of their giant piano dollies and then a bunch of the neighbor kids came over and they were playing with Ivor. And of course, we bought an <laughs> Ivor like bicycles and scooters and hoverboards and rollerblades and the kids are all fighting over the piano dolly because they want to wheel it around <laughs> the driveway. So. Wow. Well, good thing it wasn't a sleeper. Yeah. Right, the, it's not a sleeper. No, it wasn't too heavy for being ten feet long, and it's comfy. It's nice. It's extra deep. Oh, good. Yeah, that was the problem. Is it's like, it's extra deep, so it's almost four feet deep, and it's almost three feet tall. So if it was skinnier, we probably could have got it up the stairs, like turned on end and tweaked and everything. But it was so wide, you just you couldn't do it. So, but in hindsight, I'm glad we got that coffee table in while the window was out because that would have been a pain in the butt to haul. That just sounds heavy. That a ten foot. Yeah. You said it's like has those metal wheels and it's it's like a giant like industrial metal casters on it. It was an old like tannery cart, but it happens to be like only like 14 inches tall, so it's like perfect coffee table height. Perfect shin banging height. Yeah. Exactly. So, and it's funny because with a 10 foot couch and a 10 foot coffee table, an 85 inch flat screen TV doesn't look that big. It's not, it looks small. <laughs> yeah. It really doesn't look that big. Guess you got the right size. Yeah. Wow. So, we're so close to having this done. We got a, the painters are coming back uh, next week, I think, to do a few little touch ups. And then the only thing we're really waiting on is the exterior painting, which. 
they don't want to do till spring, which I really appreciate because I see some painters in the area painting in the middle of winter and the paint jobs look horrible because it's just like raining when they're doing it. And so yeah, they want to wait till the it's going to be sunny for a while. So I'm fine with that. And that's all black too, right? To match the rest of the house. Yep, that's all black. And then in other news, um, we talked about the whole treehouse thing and how the city was making me get it permitted. Yes. Well, I finally, so they told me I had to get it permitted. And we talked about, like, I asked them, like, well, what are you going to do if I don't do it? And they're like, well, we can't, <laughs> we can't do anything. And I was like, you can't find me? And they're like, no, we can't find you. And they said, the only thing we could do is in the future, if you wanted to get permits for something, we might like say, we're not going to give them to you until you get this permitted. Anyways, I was like, fine, I'll get it permitted. I had the engineer come out, look at it. He gave me the sheet that said it looks good. And I had all the, it, I had all the paperwork. I just hadn't turned it in yet. Cause I was like, there's no rush. We don't need permits for anything. I'm busy. I'll do it whenever I have time. Well, the lead contractor for our addition called me and he said, Hey, uh, we tried to get our final inspections for the addition, and the county says they won't come do it until you get your treehouse permitted. <laughs> oh, man. So they were like, They gotcha. They were holding the addition hostage until I finished the treehouse. So I hurried up, I filled out all the paperwork, I turned it into the city. And in the application, it says that you have to have like a detailed set of plans. Well, the thing's already built. I didn't have any plans. I just started building it. I, I didn't know what to do. So I took a picture of it, and I drew some rough dimensions on the picture. <laughs> and I was like, I hope this is okay. I don't know. Anyways, I dropped it off at the city, and the guy that I needed to talk to was busy, and so was the receptionist. And I said, I don't know if this is okay, so let me know if it's wrong. Well, I get a call a few days later, and they're like, hey, your permits are all ready to come pick up. So obviously they were okay with it. Went and picked up the permits, called for the final inspection. The guy came out from the county. He was the coolest inspector ever. He, the first thing he said when he got out of the car was, I'm really sorry they're making you do this. <laughs> like he thought it was ridiculous that I needed permits for this thing. He came over. He didn't even go inside. He looked at it from like 20 yards away. It was like, looks great to me. <laughs> from the driveway. Signed off. So he said, he's like, is it completely finished? And I said, well, I'm going to wait to put up all the dangerous stuff until you give me my final inspection. <laughs> and he's like, okay, fair enough. And he signed it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so now that he's gone, I can put up the slide and the zip line and all the other stuff I want to do. All the dangerous stuff. Oh. What are you going to attach the zip line to? Well, so there's this like uh, section of timber off the back of the treehouse. And so we're going to run it from the lower deck. So it's, you know, it's not dangerous. It's not up real high. But from the lower deck out into that timber a ways. I'm going to run a cable in between two trees mm -hmm. and then have the zip line cable go into the middle of that cable. So if you hit the end of the zip line, you won't like run into something, basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, treehouse is all inspected, signed off, legal. Yeah, good to go. So are you going to eventually, you're going to trench out electrical and all that, or are you just going to run on an extension cord? Well, that's one of the things the inspector said, because I already had trenched out conduit for electrical, and he happened to see the conduit sticking out of the ground. And he's like, are you putting electrical in this? That's Fios. I said... What do you what do you want me to say? 
And he said, well, because it's permitted now, it really doesn't matter. And I said, well, yeah, I plan to. And he's like, sounds good to me. I mean, oh, like, he was like, he really didn't care at all. Wow. So very cool. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's a big relief. So that's Peace. legal. The addition's almost done. Man, things are really coming together. The Hib- Hibs compound is really starting to take shape. I know. We only have, at this point, one, two, three, four separate buildings on our property. <laughs> we have the main house. Can... We have the wood shop. We have the office. And we now have the tree house. So what more could we add? So from space, they can see the Great Wall of China and the Hibs compound. The Hibs compound, <laughs> exactly. And I wish I could say we were done adding buildings, but I was telling my wife the other day, I was like, you know what we really need is just a big barn. Garden shed? Just a big barn to like house all of our stuff because we got the drift boat that I built that's taken up room in our garage. The I'm cocktail getting, racer. The cocktail racer is hanging from the ceiling. It doesn't take up that much room, but we're getting this Airstream back. Here in the next oh, month right. or so. That thing's almost done. I'll have to text you a picture of what it looks like now. It looks freaking amazing. I'm so oh, excited. nice. Dude, they've been working on that thing. They just buffed and polished the outside. You would not, looking at this, you would not believe that it is from 1963. It looks so clean. Wow. They, Did they use carbon method on the outside? I don't know. Non-stick. I don't know what they use, but I mean, it's like mere finish. It's so shiny. So yeah, I should be getting Very that cool. back in the next month or so. But like, we got all this. Where am I going to put that? I don't know. We need a big barn. That's a to good question. Stuff, and of course, we need. Another... Where are you going to put a barn? We got room. We still got a couple That's acres true. left. We're fine. Yeah. You got... <laughs> this is Oregon. It's not New Jersey. I know. Yeah, I can't even have. Three patio chairs. It's too many. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even put a mini split in your garage. Uh, that's also true. Hey, or a window. I know Lindsay likes OSU. I've been trying to get you guys to move out here. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Someday, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. We'll be so here. you mentioned the show at the beginning. Yes. Let's let's touch on that again, dude. I don't know what the hell's gonna happen with this thing. So they, they still haven't updated you They don't on... tell me anything. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why. I, I don't get. So we made the pilot. I thought that took forever. I'm used to filming a video in a week. That took a ridiculous amount of time. We filmed one episode at this point. One episode. Uh-huh. And then it was like months later before it actually aired. And then they aired it one time on cable. Cable. Who watches cable? Nobody watches cable. And I was like, is it going to stream? And they said, we don't know. Because I'm dealing with the production company who made the pilot, and then they're dealing with Magnolia, the network that's airing all the stuff. And so there's just this discommunication. And then one day, well, it was Thursday, they're like, hey, tomorrow they're going to start streaming your stuff on Discovery. Eh. That's how much notice they gave me. Wow. I was like, okay, does that mean they're, we, they want to make more episodes? We have no clue. But it's not streaming on Magnolia Network, only on Discovery Plus? Uh, if you go through, like, the Magnolia app, it's, like, and you search for it, it is. I don't know. I haven't looked on Magnolia Network. I know it's on Discovery oh, okay. Plus. But I told the production company, I was like, listen, guys, it's not like I'm sitting around twiddling my thumbs just waiting for this TV show to happen. I'm a very busy person. I have things going on. I'm, like, 
planning my year out in advance. I've got trips, you know, that I already know that I'm taking in October. Mm -hmm. If we're going to in any way film a TV show this year, I'm going to need to know about it because I have other stuff going on. They're like, all right, we'll let you know. What you know, we give you a week's notice. Yeah. So I'm so frustrated. I'm at the point where, dude, I don't even know. I don't, I'm so over it. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. It's cool, I guess, to like open up Discovery and like you see a picture of yourself there. That's cool. But from a business standpoint, it's just, I don't get it. It's no. Yeah. Not worth it at all. So. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. All right. Well, and the other so thing are... was when the when they first aired it, they I was under the impression when they were like, we're airing it, that it was going to be available for streaming. And so they asked if I yeah. would do a YouTube video announcing it. And I was like, sure. So I posted this little like six-minute YouTube video explaining how we made the show and that it's going to be available, blah, 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 and you can go watch it. Well, 99% of the comments on that video are people that are just frustrated because they don't have cable and they weren't able to watch it. And then, you know, a month later, they're like, okay, now it's streaming. Do you want to make another YouTube video? And I'm like, no. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I don't want to Man. make another YouTube video. Like, you missed your chance. Sorry, I'm moving on. It's just the disorganization. Nobody's talking to anybody. Dude. Nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, it's frustrating. They screwed you. They screwed you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do? So you did these shelves. What are you what's what's the next project? Well, this last week I was supposed to make a new crosscut sled for my table saw. Um I had built one for my old table saw. Did we already talk hey, about this? I don't remember. I don't I don't think so. Okay, well, I built a, I have a video on building a crosscut sled for my grizzly table saw, and I used extruded aluminum for the fence. Oh, right, okay, which worked on the saw great. stop. It was nice and rigid, but then I got the Harbor Freight saw, and <laughs> Oops. you can't <laughs> use aluminum, obviously, for the Harbor Freight one, because it's got the, it'll trigger the cartridge. Sure. So I've been meaning to make a new crosscut sled for a while. And I was going to make one this last week and do a video on it, but I got sick. And then I was going back and forth. I was trying in my head to think of, like, a cool way to make it interchangeable for, like, a regular blade and a dado stack and have it, like, movable and, like, extend on all this fancy stuff. And then I was like, you know what? I have a separate dado saw with a separate crosscut sled. Why am I'm not even going to use this? It would just be oh, for right. the people <laughs> watching the video. This is stupid. So I'm gonna make a pretty basic crosscut sled but i'm gonna make it a little fancier i'm going to use mdf and then i'm gonna laminate it with i got walnut laminate so it'll be walnut veneered you know laminate um and then i found t-track that's brass t-track yeah so it'll be walnut and brass and i'll have a hold downs and then um me and jay Katz moses cam tools baby we're doing a limited run of a bourbon moth Katz Moses stop block so it's just nice. like his stop block but it's got the bourbon moth logo on there so I'm going to incorporate that in there anyways and then I'm just going to make some a removable insert where the blade goes mm -hmm. and so yeah. you can change out the insert if you want a dado stack or regular I mean that'd be easy if anybody's using it for both but yeah perfect I'm going to use the shaper to cut all my you know grooves and everything for the t-track so that'll be fun but 
I don't think that'll take too long. A few days. Two seconds. Yeah, two seconds. Two seconds. Your whole life is measured in two seconds. <laughs> so for the removable insert, is that going to be screws or like pop in and out with magnets? That's a great question, Keith. Because um, I know KM Tools has a bunch of well, I know, but the problem magnets. is, and correct me if I'm wrong. I was thinking magnets would be cool, right? But then it's kind of a pain because every time I change out the insert, I've got to insert new magnets into the new insert. Yeah, I mean, the way I would do it, I would make up like five inserts at once. At once, they yeah, had but all still, magnets. Still, you got to like glue just... magnets and all five inserts. That just seems like, or I could countersink some screws. Yeah, no, I mean, I have like six table saw inserts, like one for each, a half inch dado, a five eighths dado. Um, so yeah, but I get it. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I mean, how many magnets do you really need? Four, two on each side of the blade. I don't know. Yeah, probably not that many. Screws with threaded inserts. Dude, I will say those magnets that you can get at KM Tools, give them another shout out. Um, yeah. He sent me some of those, and I used them on the whiskey cabinet. They are literally the strongest magnets. It's insane how strong those things are. It's crazy. You think like, oh, you couldn't use magnets to hold down your insert for a table saw. Like, no, those ones are strong enough. To the point that it almost scares me and makes me wonder if they're too strong being that close to the blade. It's like wobbling the blade. It's pulling we'll the blade. Well, no, that it would like want to like lift up the insert and like stick it to the blade. Oh my God. Cause they, like an I'm, MRI? <laughs> I'm telling you, when I powerful? put the magnets in the whiskey cabinet, they were probably two to two and a half inches apart. I had two magnets, one for each door. And I had one magnet in and glued in and I was trying to get the other magnet in the hole and it kept wanting to go over to the other magnet like two and a half inches away it was that strong yeah you might be right so it'll pull the arbor loosen the arbor nut (laughs) (laughs) not nuts (laughs) so yeah because i have a sleeve of those magnets in a little plastic thing and in there there were a bunch of router bits that were in those plastic uh cases that jcat's bits come out in like the quarter inch bits they're in the plastic case so they're all in this thing, and I pulled out the sleeve of magnets, and all the bits and everything were attached to it, even though they were wrapped in, like, a plastic case. Like, the magnets went right no, to everything. it's crazy. Like, he said, he told me that you literally, like, lots of people were like, oh, I could buy them on Amazon. You can't. The strongest ones in that size they sell on Amazon are N20s, I think, and the ones he sells are N52s. He said they're literally the strongest magnet in that size on Earth that you can possibly get. They're crazy wow. strong. So. So don't buy them if you have a pacemaker or any other piece of metal in your body. Yeah, exactly. Because it will come out. It will come out. So I don't know. I'll probably, I do want to make up some, a bunch of inserts ahead of time because I'm going to use three quarter inch MDF and then I'm going to use quarter inch MDF, I think, to make my inserts. Yep. And... I'll just make a bunch of them up, and I'll probably just countersink. I can use brass screws, countersunk. It'll match my T-track. It'll look fine. But I would do threaded inserts or something because if you change those inserts a lot, those holes are going to get stripped out, especially in MDF. That's a good point. You know, unless you drilled them out and drilled in, like, little hardwood plugs and then use those. But, you know, I'm a threaded insert guy. No, that's a fair. That's a valid. That's a good point. Hmm. 
All right, I'll give this some more thought. I mean, it'd be awesome to do it in a way that you didn't have to use magnets or screws. You could do it like how the Harbor Freight saw, like it clips in on the front and then locks down on the back. Like if you do something like that, eh. would be nice. But now we're getting crazy. Now we're ordering 16-foot tubes of plywood. All right. Uh, well, hey, I've done crazier things. Crazier things have been done. Hey, I just wanted to take a moment and thank our returning top-tier patrons, okay? Mm-hmm. Please we've, do. We've already talked about our newest, um, Paul Diabartolo. Uh, and, and Oliver Brealey, who upgraded. Who upgraded. But we've also got returning with us. We've got uh, Brian Coulter. We've got... Bill Burkle from WTB Woodworking. Taylor Blau from France, probably, with a name like that. Chris Hornberg. I don't think so. <laughs> but, it, I mean, with the last name of Blau. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> uh, Chris Hornberg. Henry Lutens. Chris Greenwood at Evolution Custom Woodworking. Huh? Aristotle. I'm going to pronounce his name right this time. I always do it wrong. All right. It's Aristoteles Spiropolulus. Yeah? Okay. I like it. All I right. like it. We got Callan Rutherford at Rutherford at the underscore Rutherford underscore co. Brendan Caulfield. Oliver. Oh, we already talked about Oliver. He upgraded. And we got Jamie Majerk. <laughs> Ray Rodriguez. Mike Lydon, Scott Holland, Jordan at Rustic Creations, uh, Eric Spensley at Spensley Design Co., who I've been picking his brain on YouTube, actually, because his channel is blowing up, let's just say it. Um, anyways, I won't share his secrets for everyone to hear. Mm, we got sorry. Adam McKeon, Alan Dranberg, Nolan Russell, Andres Wenmir, Yono. Reich. <laughs> the man. Nicholas Fairfield, Michael. You know, Yono Reich, sorry to back up a second. I feel like he's probably the lawyer for Sal the Carpenter. Oh. Right? They are, yeah. That seems like a match they, made they did live. They did very live, live very close together. Uh-huh. Close and to Yono each other. Yono is kind of the lawyer to the seedy underbelly of society, and Sal's in the mob. You know, putting <laughs> building coffins for the enemy. Anyways, Nicholas Fairfield, Michael Olson, and of course, Stated Woods Co. Our boy Nick Leonard. Right. Yep. Okay. So uh, he just wheeled in another giant phantom CNC. Well, you know, it's better than one phantom CNC. Uh, he might even have three. I don't know. Yeah, that's... he's just—he's becoming like. The Phantom Warehouse. Maybe he's just warehousing them for I them as the a distributor. I think the thing with him is, I think he's a leprechaun. He looks like a leprechaun. The, he's got the hair and beard to match. And I think at the end of the rainbow, he's just finding CNCs. Maybe. Yeah, he's just finding them on Facebook Marketplace for cheap. Probably. It's crazy. Well, a huge thanks to all of our returning patrons, and it's not the end of the podcast. This is like intermission, because if you're a patron, we're going to go to the after show now, and we're going to keep things going, and all you patrons have asked us questions, and we're going to answer them over there. So if you're not a patron, go to patreon.com slash podcast, sign up, and here's the cool thing. we got a bunch of different tiers in there. Most of them mean because 
you can just sign up at any level that you want and get access to the after show. So come on over. Go sign up. I mean, as little as two flipping dollars a month. And you can come over to the after show and we'll do this and answer all the questions. So, And also, Top Tier gets access to our video feed uh-huh. of this podcast. Yeah. Now, I made a boo-boo last week and I made it available to all. Oh. So if you go to our Shop Sounds Podcast YouTube channel, you can see Jason and I do the whole podcast last time. So it just gives you a taste of what you could get yeah, as a top missing. tier. Yep. For I, example, earlier, Keith was literally drawing out things and showing them to me on the video to see if he was mm-hmm. correct in what I was talking about. You can't see that with your ears. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be a patron. I also want to mention, so you'll notice there was a new intro to the show. We have a new voice. I had this recorded. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to mention his name is Darren L. I don't know if he wants me to say his full name. Uh, did an amazing job uh, at recording our new intro, and thank you very much. He has uh, lofty aims of being the voice of a cartoon villain. Oh, and yeah. He could do it. I think he absolutely Dude, could. I laughed so hard when I heard that intro for the first time. I <laughs> I've loved listened it. to it like 10 times. He's just yeah. so smooth, and it was fun recording it. He was loving it. He was having a good time. So Loving every minute of it. <laughs> So that's it. Yeah, let's head over to the uh, to the after show. And don't forget, bits and bits. You know what you should have had him say is you should have had him say something about the Nicole Millers. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or the the guy, Elaine, you're trying to get rid of me. With the guy, it's all because of this suit. No, I won't make it. We'll fly out tomorrow. Get me up. <laughs> I found that I've got a job interview that could delay my stay indefinitely. I'm well, running a little low on cash. You got any? <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> All right. We're going to the after show. We're answering questions over there. Come on over there with us. All right. I'm going to take my shirt off, too, because it's getting hot. Ooh. And you can only see that, it if you're may a patron. Be people over or people may drop off. Okay. I mean, it's not like you're going to see anything. His morsels are the size of an ant. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, you need high magnification on your lens or on the camera for that. Okay. All right. See ya.